what's good? What's popping, Tien? New new pair is back to rock again. <laughs> you have to get the first order, dude. Mm-hmm. Girl, welcome back, honey. <laughs> this is new new. <laughs> just new new. <laughs> and that's Rafi. Because I'm trapped in the closet. He canceled. We ain't doing that no more. Okay. <laughs> and this is Wait, wait don't, don't Do It. it. Oh the my show God. where we tell you to get out of the closet. Because it's time, girl. It is 2019 and you are gay. You should be proud of it. Closets are like so 2000 late. Oh my god, we're talking about the closet today. That horrible, horrible term. Just a horrible feeling that it brings up in a lot of gay, uh, queer, gendered, uh, gender uh, non-conforming people. Okay, yeah, let's talk about what we identify <laughs> as. Like, I am a cisgendered, homosexual, uh, male. I use he, him pronouns. I am a fierce, sexy, cisgendered male who uses she and her pronouns. Factually, I've never, I have not used the word he in a while. Yeah, that's such a weird... <gasps> even in class, I'll even say, like, y'all, I'm a big woman. If you can't hear me land to the floor, I shouldn't be here. I, you I do, I agree. I use those terms a lot. I refer to myself as a girl. I just feel very uncomfortable with saying, like, I'm a man because so many people told me I wasn't a man for a long time. I know, masculinity, I think for a lot of gays, it's, it's such a weird uh, topic. It's such a trigger point because, they, like, for the my entire life, I can tell you, like, uncles, um, brother-in-laws. Priests. Uh, people at school that would consistently tell me, you're not a man, you're not man enough, you need to straighten up, straighten up, straighten up. But then never treated me like how they treated their men around them, the straight men around them. And that's a fact. They expect you to, like, be masculine, but... It doesn't what, really matter. It doesn't really matter. Because they're not socializing you to be anything. They're just and that's what social- keeps a lot of people in the closet. closet. Right, girl. Oh God. So we're two queer people of color living in the city. And just like every queer person, they have their, their coming out story if they um, have had the courage uh, to do so. Absolutely. Um, first, I want to say um, I do work with students and kids and... I've had students come to me and ask, how do I come out of the closet? And what are their tips and advice? And that's always a really tough case because, um, you know, when you're out, you want to be like, come out, girl. Everything's great. It gets uh-huh. better. All these hashtags and stuff. But really, it's about safety. Um, yeah. I'm always say, you know, make sure you feel safe. You feel comfortable. You feel like um, your family members, your relatives, your friends, whoever you're coming out to um, can provide that. Uh, security for you yeah. because I know a lot of people who have been kicked out. One of my best friends, uh, when she came out in high school, did get kicked out by her mom. Yeah. Um, and repairing that relationship was rough. That's rocky. really good advice because I feel as though me growing up, I never, no, there was nothing really in my family that would ever make me feel like my parents would actually kick me out for being gay. So I could have always come out at a younger age, but I think that the, again, prosecution of my uncle and uh, like a lot of other people in my in my family and uh, life, uh, the way they treated me made me feel unsafe. It made me feel like I couldn't be myself, and it was wrong to be myself. And there was something that didn't make sense for being myself. And that creates the closet. closet. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's closet looks different though. Like, that should be like a the iceberg when you first meet someone. What's your closet look like? What's your what did your closet look like? What is your what did your closet look like? Oh my god, that's so weird because I don't I don't really see a metaphorical. You claim that you didn't know you were gay until nineteen years old. I claim. What? I didn't say that. (laughs) My my closet was different because I I never felt that I was 
closeted um, because I didn't really identify as any sexuality. I'll be really honest. Why though? I just really, um, I based it off of, a tra- I was a very logical kid. I based it off of, like, the definitions. Like, when I was, I did, like, feminine things. Like, I've been watching Mexican Model, you mm-hmm. know, since I was, like, a, I lived my Spice Girls fantasy, you know. I was always, you know, female acting. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, like, like... Um, I'll take it over. He's a fat. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want to no, admit it to him. No, 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 no. But like um, <laughs> the definition of homosexual was, you know, being attracted to another man. And I, I mean, I liked the schools I went to, but I guess there weren't any attractive. But you men definitely there. had celebrity men that you would want to. Yeah, count. but when you're that age, you're like, oh, I want to be them, right? You don't, you don't want to, you don't. You, you wanted. I wanted to be. I wanted to be. I wanted to be. Corbin Blue and live my high school musical uh, band. Bye, bye, okay. bye. You want that to be your husband? That's you what I want. Because I wanted Corbin Blue to be my man too. I, it wasn't that for me. Or I you never really, looked at you. Never looked at his ass. You have no idea what his ass looks like. I do now. Uh, bye. <laughs> I remember being a young girl and looking at his butt and be like, "Wow, that's a nice butt." I didn't do that to guys. I really, I be honest, I really didn't. I, really? I was really oblivious. I don't know. I just did, like I was not attracted to the people around me. But when I got to college, honey. And I had a certain orientation leader. I was like, oh, click. Turn, turn the party. There turn the party. Okay, that he was gorgeous, Taylor. Okay. Gorgeous, go- huh? But you liked Taylor Lautner before. Yeah, you were also a Taylor Lautner girl in high school. Yeah, but again, I just wanted to like be him and have that body, right? On top of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Right? I, I think that's how I interpreted it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for my, you know, young development <laughs> state, that, that awareness wasn't there. But I did, I, my closet story gets wild, I feel like. Why? <laughs> because, okay, so I, I really, like, took it, when I did, so there was one summer, when I was 19, when I had to get come out, there was a whole summer of coming out. All my friends around me were like gay or bi. Uh-huh. We were all going through something. And I was like manic depressive. And I would like, every time I was like really sad, I would just like go physically like sit in my closet. Listen to Amy Whitehouse. Why to kill yourself? I, I was just like, did it. Right, exactly. I would be like really sad and just like sit and like lay on the clothes in my closet and just like call my best friend. And just be sad. That because. does sound like someone who wants to be Corbin Blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had I had my whole fantasy. So that's what I feel like my cause looked like my actual cause because like, I was in there, girl, laying down, being sad about being gay. I <laughs> I remember my closet was just me telling myself I will never come out and you should never come out and just ill. I wish I would have known back then. That'd been easier. I feel like, like honestly, like I really wish I, I like no one told me like this is never gonna go away. I really what it gets better meant to me, bitch, was you're not gonna be gay one day. What? Because that's like first of all, what was gonna get better? Did you have an issue with being gay? Like, um, did you, were you raised to believe it was, like, wrong? And, like, not you actually really, not really. I was just bullied so much that, like, I just thought that anything that I wanted was not good. Oh. I sad. But I think as time went on, I I went to, like, I, again, RuPaul's Drag Race. I remember watching that as a straight identifying queer boy and, <laughs> and realizing, like, uh-uh, this is not something to, like... I like this. I like this. I used to do. I used to feel bad for the drag queens, though. I used to remember that distinctly. Like I used to be like, oh, like that's such a night, like seedy thing to be. 
Why? Yes. And then, like, again, I watched it. I really started to empathize with these girls. So I, I remember, I do think that RuPaul was a part of that. I did then start to inherently realize that I wanted to be the queens I, I, I loved. Like, uh, Ana Barbara was a crush that I had, but I secretly wanted to be her. Britney Spears was up there. I, who didn't want to be Britney Spears back then? Well, I just really wanted to be a schoolgirl and dance my card. Again, I, I think because... Um, I'm not a whore. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you know, but I'm not. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not that uh, overly sexual like you. I'm that not. Made, you're, <laughs> apparently, you are sexual because I got some stories. <laughs> I, 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 I don't have. Like, I didn't feel like I wanted to. Like, you don't talk about anyway. sex. Period, though. So I do. The thing is, I talk about sex. You don't. But I do think that every human. I think the four, the three. What I gotta do with the closet? I think the three carnal things that humans <laughs> want in life is sex, partnership, and happiness. Those are the three things that instinctually. Oh, well, you want. know, I got my degree. Food, I got food. my degree, so I'm gonna tell you what Maslow's hierarchy oh says. Oh <laughs> shelter. Oh, okay. attachment. Yeah, so like love, and then something else. <laughs> no, no, Girl, but it, no, it, it, it's not. Yeah, it's not specifically saying that's not in the pyramid. Girl. But like I see the thing. I never saw gay as wrong. Like and I said this. You know, I saw finding Nemo when I was little, and I was like, "Who is Ellen Generous? Oh, she's fierce. Like lesbianism, mm. which I called it back then, which is great. I, I love Marissa Model. I was watching. Yeah, I was. I, I was never shamed about. You know, dressing up and being that girl. I was dressed up in preschool girl. I remember. I see. I was never a closeted person. I think that, like I said, how people treat me made me closeted. Because I remember distinctly in preschool, I did uh, play role playing one day, and I was a mom, and I was in an apron and all that. And my dad saw me. I don't know who's. I don't know if it was my dad or it was someone of my family, and they. Like snatching me, like what are you doing? It's not good. I know. When I got um, when I was four, and I got the girl McDonald's happy. Uh-huh. Oh, happy you meal got not the story, girl. I, yeah, I feel you, girl. I'm still mad because I got the girl Barbie doll, and she was she was you know that good uh, racial ambiguous color. Oh wow! She had like long black hair, had this like tan and red dress, and I was like super into it. I was like yes, um, but then they took it away from me. I never saw her again. And I was like. Fuck! Like I, I really wanted that that toy, and I, that is where the closet came from me because I've never been a restricted person, and now I think I'm starting to remaster something. Like I'm, never, I shouldn't restrict myself. I should be always like do, and then you know, or think, but like still act upon it. Don't like say, don't not do it. So, did you have like a, a time where you were like out? to yourself and your friends, and then like out to your family? Yes, um, that was right after I, I came out to my. Close friends at the time, Brittany and Whitney. When shout did you out to come Brittany out? Woods. Shout out to Brittany Woods. Um, hey, girl. Right outside, right right after, like the day after my graduation, my high school graduation. And like, oh. I was at Eden, and I said, you know what? I was talking to a boy at the time that I met on, uh, on the internet. I know he's kind of crazy. He was a Canada girl. It was rough trade. Canada? Yeah, rough trade. Rough trade. Rough trade. He was a 12 year old boy. And it was a white man. Um, <laughs> with a small little dick. I was willing to settle, girl. But, um, but we, uh, but then I, I don't know where it came from, but I just told them. And then it, from there, I started losing weight more. Like, that's when like the weight loss started coming out of you more. Because you were thinking. When you were young, I wasn't a little husky. thick. I was a husky little big girl. But <laughs> give you all the loving, but I, that and then I after I came out to them and I realized that I was safe to come out and I was about to go to college and all that stuff. I realized if my parents ever asked me because my mom asked me several times if I was gay um, that if they ever asked me, I would just say yes, I am gay. And the day finally came, my mom cried, but we got over it. 
Wow. Yeah, I, I have a similar thing. So, yeah, 19, like I said, is when I came out to, like, my friends and stuff. And then a year after, July 27th, 2012, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I came out to my mom in, like, the most, like, dramatic fucking way. Oh, how? I was like, you know... We were driving to go get food, and I was I was driving, and my Lady Gaga shirt on. I'm like playing. (laughs) No, this is uh, when you came out, girl. When they had no idea, when they actually were surprised that you were gay. When was that moment? Go. That moment, and I like blasted Lady Gaga music because, like, I came out to Born This Way, that album, so I was a little, I was feeling my whole fantasy, yeah, okay? Little <laughs> um, and then I was like, I just want to tell you, you know, I'm gay, and then, like, no lie, like, right after that, she, like, lost control of the car and died. <laughs> she got a phone call and then pretended I didn't say it. <laughs> and then, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it out. I'll leave it out. <laughs> and then, uh, My mom and Cisco. Can we not say Bob Harris' name? <laughs> My dad's name. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she like ignored me the whole day, like for the rest of the day. I like I didn't fucking say it, so I had to like hold myself up in my room and like cry and watch like Mean Girls and Never Was Prada <laughs> and like throw this whole dramatic tantrum for her to like talk to me. And it was like a rocky year after that yeah. because she was dealing with it because it was so weird because you know in black culture first of all denial she <laughs> she did not know and i've and i've been a feminine girl all uh-huh. my life and then it was like because she had gay co-workers yeah. i knew gay co-workers she yeah. had, you know we watched gay things mm-hmm. so like i thought it would be okay and she was like i mean i'm okay with it it's not my child mm-hmm. and i think that was hard but because of my only child what you gonna do girl <laughs> <laughs> you, ain't have, you ain't having another one okay because <laughs> that's it um so i think but you know we're good now you know we hang out she always asked about my boyfriend you're becoming more gay and gayer with her yeah no true. yeah we're doing makeup days that's we're going so. out it's, it's it's great it's funny my mom was surprised but my dad actually um, it's funny how different our coming out stories were because my dad was actually not surprised ironically not because obviously I was a queen at the time because clearly I was fanboy however yeah. I didn't know this at the time but my uncle had told my dad back in middle school when I was in middle school I lived with my uncle uh, when I was in 6th, 7th grade and he had told my dad that I was called kissing a boy in school and that never actually happened I was about to say. And that never happened because I never kissed her. And I would, girl. You weren't that popular. I actually was not hated in a creep very much. But I did. I never, kissed, I never kissed anybody. And he had lied on me and said that I had kissed some boy. So my dad has always thought that was true and never told me. And I apparently could have come out, come out to my dad and he would never have been surprised. And he accepted me, but he never just said it out loud. Right, very right. interesting. But, um, yeah, so that was, like, that really was, like, a very surprising moment in my coming out. And realizing that my closet was all, like, so unnecessary. Oh, my god, So unnecessary. And, you know, like every gay, the, the moment you come out, you become the most extra bitch in the entire world. You think you are the queen I busted it open exactly night. a year later. <laughs> and I saw it, girl. My fashion was not only questionable, but so op- club kid avant-garde. <laughs> I 
what? I had a big a pair of pink pants, a pair of yellow pants, a pair of yellow red pants. Oh, first of all, color. I had so many colors. Color, yeah, yes. girl. And then I, I remember, yeah, when I came out when I was nineteen, we went to the club. So yes, being extra is like the hallmark of being gay. I mean, I remember going out to like Michaels, like making shit. <laughs> to where? Yes, I remember. So I, be, I was became like crafty so queen. When I came out, I became really active in college. I was like in every organization, mm-hmm. every like fucking thing where I was cheering and dancing mm-hmm. and showing people around. So I was at a banquet. There was I was hosting. I was just like in costume, girl. You're a performer. I was you a, turned it on. <laughs> and then I look back. I'm like, what? Who was that girl? And then you like reel it back. After you come out of the closet, then you reel it back and then you realize things are okay. But there's so many. I think a closet. I don't think. I think that every single human being has a closet. I do think that every right. human goes through like. A, every every human being has its or own. do they? Because I think there is something to say about. I think gay people. Um, especially queer people of color have more of a resilience because they have to go through it. Yeah. And not everyone has to go through a big trial and has to go about their identity. I think that's why the closet is something to talk about. I, but I do think that I, I, I'm, I'm tempted to believe, though, that judging just by stories I hear on work and like people that I would never think, like, again, even straight uh, white heteronormative people. Um, there's things about their sexuality, like women, women of all skills are very closeted in their sexuality. They don't even look at their pussy. For in them. their expression. It's absolutely. So I do think that the closet is such a, like it's, again, maybe it's, maybe it's men that don't have so much of a closet, but I do believe that, um, there is a, if, with gender, I think a lot of people can relate to a closet. I don't know if it's always identity based, but it's always something repressive and it creates this insecure, um, vessel. And, and it's crazy because when are we going to get past these boundaries? Boundaries. Like, like, Limit, like, no, like, not boundaries, more limits. These are limitations. Right, limits. Because humans are um, infinite and multi-capable creatures. Um, and at the end of the day, nothing matters. Nothing really matters, you guys. That's that's the message we dropped home. <laughs> no, but like End of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, it really doesn't matter because you, know, you only get one life to live and yeah. at the end of the day, we create these rules. We actually create these rules of society there's nothing on this earth in this universe that grounds these rules we yes. them up on ourselves Constructs. makeup is just paint yes. dresses are just clothes it's just whatever like would you have if we if there was a studio 54 of today's age would you go when i go to club 96 yes absolutely i would love to see a club 96 and like where like human expression is the only thing you need to worry about Right. I think we should be focused on, you know, non-binary constructs because we're so much more than that. Me, uh, I was having a conversation the other day and we were talking about toys and how gendered they are. And like how like if you got a car, there was never an action figure in it. And it could have never, if it was a boy car, it would never be a woman driver. And like, and like how girls don't really have those kind of same toys. And they, Barbie, Barbie has a car, but it's like not made for the same reason. Which is crazy because I am... As you know, obsessed with all things Barbie, yes. Barbie movies, Barbie everything, Barbie, Barbie teens, Barbie teens, honey. I just think she is the icon. Yeah. Oh, you do watch Barbie movies as well. I love them. They're the best. And so for some a boy never having the Barbie dolls, never having the Destiny's Child dolls, never having the Spice Girl dolls, it was really heartbreaking. I would love, <laughs> I wish I did have these Barbie movies because I remember you showed me one of the Barbie movies and the message was no, you, no, no one, one can, can make you feel um, inferior. 
uh, without your consent. Exactly. And that's so true. And that resonated so home for me uh, back in then in those old closeted days. And I think, um, what would you say to a, a young uh, myself, young, young yourself, but no one that didn't have that safety. Like they know for a fact they don't have that safety of a roof or like physical safety, emotional safety. I mean, that, that, yeah, that's true. And there's a lot of homeless LGBT youth, what would you of say course, to that, person? that we see in America. Yeah. Who just can't um, hold themselves back anymore. Okay, can I answer? Um, can I talk? Can I talk? Can, you, you, Professor Nunu, go ahead, Nunu. I really want to say to you, youth, um, that if you are not in a secure, safe environment or you fear your safety, um, then coming out may be something to do later on when you're on your own, when you turn of age or when you're able to be uh, financially stable, but know that you can still have uh, family and the people you choose and yes. the friends you place around you. Yes. And there's going to be so many people that accept you for who you are. And that is really what matters. Limit that shame you put on gender and expression that, that you hear around you. Limit that though. Limit that for sure. Because that's the, because like what I did wrong was I thought I was unsafe in my environment, all that, but I also shame myself of, like I said, going back to group of writers, I was like shaming myself. Like, Oh, this is so gay. Like you can get like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Don't like, if you're going to be closeted and you like only based off safety, fine, but don't, don't do the extra work on hating yourself for it. You know what I'm saying? Like start expanding your mind. Listen to this episode and realize that you can, End up being <laughs> functional human being somehow, somewhere. Right, and again, it, I mean, despite everyone saying it gets better, it does get better. It but there's gonna be better. some trials, girl. Right, there's gonna be some trials. You're gonna still feel after you come out lost. You gotta, you gotta get with a person, right? The first relationship, the first after, relationship is traumatic. The first relationship after coming out is always traumatic, girl, because you just yeah. are trying to find something yeah. to love, someone to make you so feel. Love valid. yourself first. Love yourself first, so you're ready for that. Exactly, because self-love is the best life. But, I, again, I had two um, openly loving parents that accepted it, so I really can't speak for someone who doesn't have that. So how hard it must be to even move out and still feel that restrictive pain of unsafety. In All right, family. and there's a difference between family and relatives, you know. Um, girl, girl, uh, Amanda Seal said it best herself. Oh, tell, tell me what she said. Uh, I was listening to her podcast the other day, and she said that there's a distinct difference between relatives and people that you should call family. Family supports you, uplifts you, loves you, is doesn't rely on you to uplift them. They uplift you while uplifting themselves. Uh, relatives are people that you are just kin to through parents, um, but they don't care about you. They don't think about you. They ain't calling you. Um, Nunu, turn off your phone. Girl, bye. <laughs> but um, they they don't you don't owe them nothing. You don't owe them an explanation when you when you gallivant out of that closet and live your true self. You have nothing to say to them. You have nothing to express to them. And with that being said, honey, wait, get out of the closet right now. And actually, I'm just kidding. Um, do it if you're safe and that you feel secure. But know that you're loved and there's going to be so many people that are going to love you uh, for who you are because nothing really matters. Love who you want. Dress how you want. Live how you want. We're all humans on this earth together or until we go to Mars after we destroy it from uh, pollution. I would totally be down for Mars. But we have to change shit up on Mars, though. Like, it cannot be no Earth, part two. The remix. <laughs> part two, the remix. <laughs> we have, like, a Wally-esque... Uh, Wally! It was gender neutral, everything. Was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, kind of. 
Yeah, down with gender as a construct. Tear it apart. All right, part. And this has been an episode of what? Buffoonery, but also love and acceptance because the closet is what you make it. So let's make it rock. <laughs> That's so cute. And this has been Wait, Don't Do It with Raffi. And new, new parish, y'all. Adios. Gracias por escuchar nuestro podcast. Por favor, califique y suscríbase a Espere No Lo Haga en iTunes. Lo queremos a todos. Besos.